welcome to a very special episode of the Hi-Hat Film Podcast. This is episode number 41. I am your host, Michael Clancy. There's no Hall of Fame this week. Instead, we're taking a little break from the usual gauntlet of a guest submitting a film to be included into the Hall of Fame. And we're looking at one film in particular. This episode coincides with the release of The Dark Horse, which is a new film from New Zealand filmmaker James Napier Robertson, which is released in UK cinemas on Friday the 3rd of April 2015. I was lucky enough a couple of months ago to sit down at the Glasgow Film Festival. One of the stars of the film, Mr. Cliff Curtis, renowned Hollywood actor who you might have seen in films such as Three Kings and one of the Die Hard films, Die Hard 4, I believe it was. So I was lucky enough to sit down with him and talk to him a little bit about the film The Dark Horse, which is a remarkable story of Genesis Potini. I've got a full review of the film coming up, but first I'm going to play you the interview that I recorded with him. I interviewed him as part of my weekly film show that I host on East Coast FM. So when I make reference to the show at the beginning of that, that is what it is in reference to. So it's going to be a great show. You're going to hear my interview in full that I conducted with Cliff, as well as a review for The Dark Horse, which will be in cinemas by the time you're hearing this. But before we get to all of that, here's a wee bit of the trailer for The Dark Horse. Is your uncle. You want to just jump in the dark horse? You know you shouldn't really go to other people's things. No. What do you want? I want to join it. I want to be a part of this. My name is Genesis Botini, uh, and uh, I want to lead you all for the national chess championships in six weeks' time. What are you doing? I can help them. They'll have a purpose. You talk dreams to those tamarikis, you better follow through. Take your meds, get your sleep, whatever. Just promise me, you won't let them down. I just want to give them a chance to see something out there in the world. You don't want them. I know you think I'd be shit at chess, but that's just because nobody's told me. It's got to be a man now. I can't have you messing with this here. Doesn't matter if you're a pawn or a king or a bishop, you're all welcome to play on this board. This is the best thing that has ever happened to those kids. So now on the Sunday Film Review we are going to be talking about The Dark Horse which is showing at this year's Glasgow Film Festival and I'm delighted to say now with me I have one of the stars of the film, uh, Mr Cliff Curtis. Welcome to the show. Thank you, yes. Uh, You're in Glasgow promoting the film and it's the incredible true story of Genesis Potigny. Um, It's a story a lot of our listeners might not be familiar with so I was hoping you could just start off by giving us uh, an idea of his character and how that fits in in relation to the film. Well, it's a really exceptional story about uh, this this man, Genesis, who had this uh, great talent with chess and used that talent to teach youth, in particular youth at risk, how to sort of like believe in themselves and turn their lives around. It's a you know typical you know you know your 
a very inspirational story. But what's unique about the story and the film is that the circumstances that he, he suffered from bipolar, he was at times homeless, and, uh, and he had many, many personal struggles that he had to overcome in order to make this happen. So you've got, like, you've got mental illness, homelessness, chess, and gangs, all in one film. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, really the whole package. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, and it's actually a really brilliant film. The, the, the writer-director is incredibly talented to weave those things together away and sort of like avoid all the traps of those genres and create something really unique and authentic. I can see why it would be an, an attractive role for you to um, to take on. How was it you became attached to the project? Oh, um, you know, that I heard about the project. People have been talking about it for a couple of years. Um, they managed to get the script to me, and I read that. And it's, you know, the normal process, you read the script, and you sort of, like, have your doubts, and then you meet the writer, the director, and, you know, and the, the team, the producer. I looked at their work, and as we sort of talked, I became... And and but and then when you discover the story, and I saw a documentary about him, and I thought, wow, this is an incredible story. This is an amazing film. If we get it right, um, it could be something really, really special. And I have to say, it is an absolutely remarkable performance that you put in. It's clearly a larger-than-life character. I mean, how do you go about preparing for that role? Because as you mentioned, there's the the technical side of things, preparing, you getting in the habit of the learning the the chess mannerisms, but also you know carrying the weight of his uh, mental state as well. Yeah, and the physical weight. Now I had to buy, put on something like thirty kgs. <laughs> I was toothless. I, I um, played obsessively chess. I didn't never played chess before. I, I wasn't. I didn't. Don't like board games. So. I played like 24 hours pretty much. I drank beer a lot. And then I lived with his family and friends. They, they become sort of my fa- surrogate family. They were on set every day. The real noble killer, the real Jedi. I hadn't met Genesis he passed away. But I met his wife and they were on set every day. And they were a part of the filmmaking process. And that's really how we made it. A lot of support from my family. And um, the director asked me to, to be a method actor. and so mm. Which means you live in the character for like... like it's about six months prep to put on all the weight and to prepare psychologically, learn the game of chess, and then three months living in the role, which is really weird. It's a very strange, intense thing to do. And was it going going method? Was that a new experience for you? Is that something yeah, you've totally. done in other roles? I played with aspects of it, but I've never really done it mm-hmm. fully because you can't. It's logistically it's a nightmare because you need everybody to be in on it, like the the set PAs. Everybody has to support this mm-hmm. whole thing. And was it a case once once shooting was finished, you were able to kind of uh, just cut off from that character? Or did you? Yeah, carry it was it a relief. I had to sort of like let that guy go. You know, it was a relief to do it because it was a lot. It was it was, it was hard work. Yeah, mm-hmm. to be in that mental state for that long, to be like living on the edge of mania all every day. Yeah, very very tough. One of the things that really struck me about the scene, uh, the film, were the scenes with, uh, particularly in the early on, with the Eastern Knights, the the chess group, and I just I, I thought they were so well judged in terms of the kids kind of walking this line between chaos and order, but also like their interactions. I thought came off really naturally. Yeah. It was like the sort of good natured ribbing, but they was also genuine affection. I mean, how, how was that achieved? Was it a case of just putting a camera in the room and and watching them unfold, or was it very no? You know, we had a lot of support. We had like a. Uh, a great sort of acting coach and theatre director, Rachel. She spent all the time and got, you know, she helped prepare James, the young James, mm-hmm. for his performance and work with the kids. And so they just spent a lot of time together, you know, they just, uh, and, and uh, sort of 
lots of games and sort of getting them used to being together so that when they're on screen it was like this continuous natural role so when the camera was on or off they were just like you know behaving naturally yeah yeah Yeah, a a fair amount of improvisation as well but all all scripted dialogue too so it's like um, I mean, it is testing. Mixing and blending, yeah. The, I mean, the talent from all, all of those young performers. Yeah, they're very heartwarming, aren't they? They really completely steal your heart, those kids. Yeah, terrific. I, I really enjoyed that. And why why was Genesis able to make such a connection with these, with these groups of kids? Was it down to the game of chess? Was it more about his personality, do you think? It was a combination of many elements. You know, Of course, he loved the game of chess. He was obsessed with it. He treated it more as a religion. Uh, but he was had a, had a stroke of genius, really, his capacity, not just with chess, but his ability to empathise and to sort of connect with human beings. People fell in love with him. People like, you know, he could, you know, he not just taught children, he taught judges, police, you know, businessmen about strategy and, uh, and uh, you know, thinking under pressure. But he... he um, he had this massive heart, this huge heart. Uh, you know, he completely adopted people, um, including the, the the writer, director, and the producer. Like he, he made you a part of his world and part of his family. It seemed like I, I spoke to a lot of people that knew him, and he changed people's lives. He was just that kind of person. Just this sheer sort of empathy, and, and his ability to connect with people. He was very, very unique human being. And do you think um, it, the film he he often tell stories related to his heritage do you think that was an important side of it as well yeah I mixed up some of that stuff with my experiences in life and I sort of brought that to the film as well like things that you know part of our heritage and our stories our mythology and stuff he mixed it up yeah he did that and I do that as well so it was where my character and his character I found sort of like these bridges between him and me where I could relate you started your own production company, I think, in 2004, and kind of the mandate was, was telling these indigenous stories. Why is that so important to you? Well, because if we don't tell them, then no one else will, basically. Or if they do tell them, there'll be distortions of who we are. So we'll be, so like, for the piano, for example, which I love that film, but I was carrying the piano. You know, it wasn't a reflection of our life, really. It was a, we were the backdrop to this other Scottish story, actually. So, um, so... You know, if we don't tell these stories, other people will tell them and own those stories, and we need to learn to tell our own stories to ourselves and for ourselves. So it's just like Scottish people. It's like, you know, I don't know. How do you feel about, like, um, Mel Gibson telling, um, you, know, you know, or Hollywood grabbing yeah. sort of, like, your national heritage and then turning it into a Hollywood movie? You know, we have feelings about these things. Not that they're not legitimate movies, you know. Sure. I loved Braveheart for what it was, mm-hmm. but you know Scottish people need to tell Scottish stories to understand themselves, and for us to understand you better. You see, it's like a mm-hmm. pretty human thing. I spent. You need to develop your own voice in cinema and television. Definitely, I spent about four years after that film came out explaining to international friends that we don't live in these huts and uh, show our bums to people. So Braveheart did a lot of damage in that respect. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's many, many fine performances in The Dark Horse. Uh, James Rollison is clearly a standout. I mean, you had a lot of one-on-one scenes with him, and there was clearly a lot of chemistry. Was that natural, or did you? was there a lot of work to be put in? He, he's a heartbreaker, mm-hmm. just naturally, just as a human being. Just, he just, he just, you just fall in love with the kid. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so he's very much the heart of the story. 
Um, but I discovered him when I was producing, um, or we discovered him when we were producing the film um, Boy. Yes. And he was the lead of that. But, you know, there's this fear that he's going to lose that magic or something as he gets older, but he certainly hasn't. And in terms of uh, discovering new talent, the actor that, that played your brother in the film, Wayne Happy, I understand he hadn't really worked before. Um, no, he's an ex-gang member. Right. And he was brilliant. Oh, he's, he's a scene stealer. Absolutely. Like, you know that when you're watching this guy, this is not acting, this is somebody reliving their life on screen for you. And it's like, whoa, you know, it's a holder. And it authenticates those relationships. So, mm-hmm. you know, all of those, those elements um, made it real. Yeah, it brings a lot of power to it. Oh, he's brilliant, isn't he? Terrific. Yeah. I, I, you know, I couldn't look away yeah. when he was on screen. He's so compelling, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, you, you served as an executive producer for this film. Is there, is there any interest in getting behind the camera in a director capacity? Yeah, I think that's going to happen naturally. I just have to find... I think it hasn't happened yet. Uh, you know, I was talking to Neil Cross who, from Luther mm-hmm. about he lives in New Zealand, maybe doing a film around his first novel. But I haven't found the story that I'm going to do yet. I've got some ideas, but I think I'm going to have to write it. Okay. Yeah, because it's just... Um, yeah. I think that's going to... But I think that's going to happen pretty soon in the next few years. Uh, what will we see you in next? Um, well, I've got uh, The Dark Horse. is a film, feature film. It's got The Dark Horse. I've got The Last Night with Morgan Freeman and Clive Owen. And then I've got a movie called Clavius coming out as well. So, so I've got three films and a new television series, uh, a spin-off from The Walking Dead. So oh, I don't yes. know if people know that of that TV series here in Scotland. Have you heard of it? Oh, absolutely. I love it. Uh, can you tell us much about that? I can tell you pretty much... They've told me all the things I can't... I can't tell you my name. I can't tell you the name of the show, because they haven't settled on that. I can't tell you where we're shooting, and I can't tell you um, what happens. So those are the things I can't tell you. Well, it's good to have a bit of mystery in there. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> well, uh, the, the film is uh, showing in Glasgow on the 19th and the 20th of February. I think it gets a release in early April in the UK, and I think it's just terrific. So, Cliff, uh, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, thank you. And I hope you, uh, your audience uh, gets the time to see the movie. And I, 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 I really hope they do as well. The High Hat Film Review. So we're talking all about The Dark Horse today on the Hi-Hat Film Podcast and we've just heard an interview that I conducted with one of the stars of the film, Cliff Curtis. Now it's time to give you my thoughts on the film. So it's a stirring drama from New Zealand director James Napier-Robertson. sees Cliff Curtis play Genesis Potini, a chess prodigy who's fallen on tough times. He's faced homelessness. He's also been in and out of mental institutes due to his bipolar disorder. The conditions of his most recent release are that he needs to stay with his brother, gang member Ariki, played here by Wayne Happy, along with his son Mana, played by James Rollison. With help from an old friend, Genesis is allowed to volunteer at the Eastern Knights Chess Club, a group that caters for at-risk youth in the community. Through his unique insights into the game and using cultural stories from his Maori heritage, Genesis is able to inspire the group to the Junior National Chess Championships. He also faces challenges at home, however, as Ariki prepares Mana for a life in a gang. So, this is a remarkable true story based on the life of Genesis Potany. It's a film that tackles a lot of big issues, as you heard Cliff uh, Curtis mention in that interview that I conducted. So, mental health is obviously a big part of it, and Genesis is 
mental state is always an examination. There's also dealing with at-risk youth. And alongside that, there's inspiring a community through the, the efforts of the Eastern Knights uh, chess group. And there's also, of course, the gang-related problems which Genesis faces with his young nephew who is being tempted and whose dad seems to be putting him up for that. So you would think that addressing so many issues would be problematic. You would think uh, as a many films that try to tackle too much that it would dilute the film's message so it's very much to director James Napier Robertson who coincidentally wrote the piece that it does manage to tackle so many issues and it does manage to balance them so well without shortchanging its audience so personally I found it a very powerful very very moving film and one of the main reasons for this is the performances I mean Cliff Curtis is just superb as Genesis Bottini it's a character that's just dealing with so many things and it's a really really well judged performance he's sympathetic he's vulnerable but he's you can tell that he is totally immersive in the role we heard him mention in the interview how he went how he went method for the role and it's certainly what benefited the project immensely it's not however just a case of one man stealing the show you have James James Rollison, who's playing Mana, who's worked with the director before. And it's, again, a really, really observed performance. You can see him as this young man. He puts up a tough front when Genesis first moves in. He's very aggressive towards his uncle. But you can see as it kind of chips away, you just see how vulnerable he is. And it's a very well-judged performance from somebody so young. You also have newcomer in the form of Wayne Happy, who was a real-life gang member, and this is one of his first roles. And again, as Cliff mentioned in the interview, his, he you can't look away from him. His When he's on screen, it is just electric. He just oozes this kind of menace, which really, really adds to it. His character is actually a fascinating one as well, because while in general he's a, a pretty bad guy, he's in a gang and he's pu- pushing his son in this direction, you, you soon learn that his motivations don't make him completely despicable and there is room for redemption. And I, his story, you know, while not at the forefront of the film, was one that really, really fascinated me. So those are three great central performances. If you add on top of that the young actors who we talked about in the interview, the young actors who are in the club, and they are just totally, totally charming, totally, totally believable. Uh, I've worked as a youth development worker for some time now, and and you often see films like this where you just don't really believe it because it's a bunch of characters. Here, I was totally convinced. I was astonished at just how accurate these exchanges were. I've been in uh, meetings with the at-risk youth where, where the interactions went just like this. So it's a remarkably well-judged and well-observed film, and I think that James Napier Robertson deserves credit not only for writing such convincing things, but also for getting such great natural performances from such a young cast. It's really, really, really impressive. Well, So we've seen uh, films where uh, troubled youth are kind of inspired by an enigmatic kind of coach, and those films often fall short. They often and feel kind of unbelievable and they seem a little bit hammy and a little bit far-fetched but this film is just written directed and performed so immaculately that it really really pulls it off i mean there's no secret about the fact i absolutely love this film i think uh, any film that kind of tackles these at-risk use are always films that are really going to reach me but i think if you have an interest in that if you have an interest in uh, how mental health is portrayed on screen i think there is something in there for that for me it's one of the best films of the year so far i can't recommend it highly enough the film is The Dark Horse. It is released in the UK on the 3rd of April 2015. I'm th- hoping it will be released in the US a little bit later on in the year. If you have a chance to see it, definitely seek it out. It's a winner for my book. <laughs> That is going to do it for this edition of the Hi-Hat Film Podcast. Thank you very much for listening, as always. 
You can catch every Hall of Fame episode over on iTunes now, and you can also go to the thehihatfilmreview.tumblr.com to check out every single episode of the Hi Hat Hall of Fame. That is all of our previous 40 episodes. You can also join in the fun and games over on Facebook. That is facebook.com forward slash hihatfilmreview. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at HiHatFilmPod. If you want to be on the show, if you want to submit a film for consideration into the Hi Hat Hall of Fame, if you want to come on the show, play a couple of games, have a good laugh, talk about a film you absolutely love, you can do that. Send me an email at HiHatFilmReview at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We've had guests from all over the world, people from Australia, people from America, from Scotland, England, all over the place. Get involved. Doesn't matter what your film is. It can be any genre, any time, any era we would love to have you on the show to talk about it so email me if you're interested in that that's going to do it for this week I'll catch you next time on the Hi Hat Film Podcast cheers for listening